0: Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Brooke. I want to tell everyone what's happening in today's episode. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about Mary Kay Thompson-Tatro's phase theory. And that's a lot to say. We're going to talk about how the hell <laughs> we can get women into history class. I love this. Let's get into it.
1: Hello, and welcome to Remedial Her Story, the other 50%. The podcast that explores what happened to the women in history class. Now, here's your host, Kelsey Brooke
0: Eckert, and her partner in crime, Brooke Neva Sullivan. All right, Brooke, today we're going to be talking about the phase theory, uh, which came out in, I believe, 1986. So. The year you were born. That is me. That right? is how long this theory has been in place. Hey, um, great things happened in 86. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mary Kay Thompson Tatro wrote this phase theory. It was an expansion of Gerder, L- Gerda Learner's 1975 essay on basically the systematic ways that historians can start to get women's history into what they produce. Cool. And I think this is this theory is sort of the foundation to my book, which is coming out. And um, I feel like this is like you took it and then made the Eckert test like two point. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean the Eckert test is a version of the. It actually fits really nicely into one of her phases. And which is where I think we should be at now. But I think a lot of teachers and I'm thinking about, you know, some of our listeners who are who work in museums, um, mm. people who, you know, work, you know, for a company and maybe they do some like promotion of women's history stuff. This, I think really anybody who touches the history world could use this theory. If yeah. you, if you write textbooks, if you are an author, you know, that sort of thing, any of this can, can kind of apply to your work. And then for everybody like yourself, you know, you work in HR. I wouldn't put you in the category of any of the people that <laughs> <laughs> I'm weird <laughs> that I just mentioned. But for people like you, this is a systematic way that you can start to undo. Your male, the male centrism of the history that you think you know. So, and I think people who are listening to us, I think they have pretty much just accepted that um, our history that we know is male centric. Before we get into that, I think we need a little business update pause. Yeah. So, this. I feel like we
1: need like a. World news now, business update
0: from the desk of Brooke and Kelsey. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, it is, you know, giving season right now, and we are just so excited to be. (laughs) It like, still feels like summer in my mind. So when you just said giving season, like, huh, fall. Yeah, I know. You're wearing a sweatshirt. I I mean, you have a turtleneck on. I get it. We're here. (laughs) But I'm sad about it.
1: (laughs) Anyways, But
0: it is giving season. And I think that um, we've done a really incredible job of trying to get the resources that we make out for free. And what I think a lot of people don't realize is that behind the scenes, that means there's a lot of people supporting the work oh, and so giving much. to it. And either through their time, through their energy, through their resources, and then, of course, financially. And I think about, you know, the we have like a
1: small army. Yeah. <laughs> These amazing worker bees. Yeah. That just come in. And they're like, I got it. Here's this. Do that. Here's this. And then yeah. all the honey comes out. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's amazing. Um, and, and just like the breadth of the project. You know, we've got people from <clears throat> sea to shining sea working oh on gosh. this work. Global. And, it's still global. Like, we've been global since year
1: one. Yeah. We're in year three yep, and end of year three end Almost of year three year i mean so impressive how widespread this is i mean I'm, i think you were saying was this like a week ago they are like oh yeah australia they have this many downloads i'm like what <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no i know and it's it's really it's really special but we, it's hard to do that without that financial support and we're in this yes. like amazing critical moment where we can actually grow, and my you know my vision is that any social studies teacher who goes to a conference for history, for um, you know for social studies for pedagogy, there's an option at that conference to learn about women's history, yes. and our resources are like in their hands. That's my dream, um, and it's really special getting to those conferences. Like we went to NCSS last year; it's you know astronomical to get there in terms of cost and but it was so rewarding because within an hour we had handed out hundreds of lesson plans and you left empty like that doesn't happen to empty conference hour table one hours I, I didn't realize like how much people wanted this stuff and i, I brought you know what i thought like hundreds of lesson plans <laughs> and i was like that's enough and i was like oh no 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 no, no. like thousands is where yeah. my brain needs to be at so and that was really neat and and since that conference and and as we've been Go, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, we can see the number of people going to our website to download yeah. resources. And they're well, and the
1: patrons increase. We've been getting more and more people. It's like there's a lot of ways that people can get involved without spending their time, but yeah. they can offer their money or in kind donations of their time. And there's a lot of ways. And so the patrons, oh my gosh, we're so lucky for
0: them. I know. There's so many of you. I know. It's really, really special. So the best way that you can give and support us is. At remedialhistory dot com slash giving, um, you can make a monthly donation there. Um, you can also make an annual donation. So if you're like, I don't, yep. I don't want to, you know see this every month or deal with that you can set it up to you can sort of choose your choose your challenge (laughs) um you can uh, do that you can also um through that that same resource you can become a fundraiser for us which is also really nice so that's Um, something new that
1: the um the fundraising and you can many of you follow us on instagram already but um there's an option on there to do that and it's been incredible so many people kicking up small fundraisers especially you know In this season of giving that you're talking about, it's been really, really kind of people to take their time to do that.
0: And, you know, I field questions all the time, like, can men be a part of this? Can men support this? (sighs) We need men. That's how this gets off the ground. I'd love to talk about Christian Burdo, who is one of our patrons, who has supported us since the very beginning. Thank you, Christian. He's amazing. Mark Breyer, also, he's my former high school teacher, (laughs) um, but he supports us. Um, so, there are, you know, and those are just two of many men who support us. And um, I'm just really grateful to them. Um, and you can see a list of our monthly patrons down at the bottom in the footer of our website. Um, because so- they
1: really are what makes the world go around for us. Like, we can do a lot of great things, but financially, that supports us so much further we get so many more things and resources in the hands of teachers and that's the goal yeah
0: yeah so if you can remedialhistory.com slash giving it'll mean the world to us thank yeah. you and that is the end of
1: business update business update
0: back to your regularly <laughs> scheduled programming yeah so let's talk about this phase theory um okay so there are five phases are you ready to wrap your mind around this all right i'm gonna try okay phase number one is male history. It's what we know. It is the history that most of us learn in school. So,
1: anyone listening... You're already there. You're
0: in it. Welcome. Male. Welcome. Male. You history. already
1: completed phase one. Yes. Let's make it competitive. Let's gamify it. <laughs> Moving on. on. Phase two.
0: Phase two. So a lot of people go, Oh my gosh, like I didn't know like about X woman. And then they go, What other women did I never learn about? You know?
1: Oh my God, the face you just made. <laughs> I hope that that's not the face I make when I'm like, Hmm, I'm thinking. I'm
0: thinking. <laughs> okay. I have to pause here and just add a moment of personal reflection growth, which is that I've been in this for so long that when people come up to me and they're like, have you ever heard of Susan B. Anthony? No,
1: just like, this gives you the
0: ick. They find out that like, I'm, you know, passionate about women's women's history. Oh my
1: God. Have you ever met? It's (laughs) like, it's like in my field when someone's like, they're like, oh, do you use LinkedIn? Get the fuck out (laughs) of here. No, what is it? <laughs> yeah. So now I've been a recruiter for a decade What's LinkedIn? What, what is
0: LinkedIn? How <laughs> say does it, more Yeah <laughs> So uh, It's less Susan Anthony Because I think most and people you, have you heard just, of her What's it's, your
1: response though? It's like Oh, did you just find out about her? Well, Let me show you the world <laughs>
0: That you've been one missing thing One thing that's been really hard for me Is I wear my emotions on my sleeve Do you? So, I don't know that about you Oh, really? Yeah <laughs> So, to have no reaction when someone's like, have you heard of Alice Paul? I'm like,
1: mm. <laughs> No. The yes. other day, someone was like, oh, my God, have you seen this movie about... And it was like, it was something so general. I was like, yeah, it's like the seventh movie they've made about her. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So, I think so, it was Amelia Earhart. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was the first time they... I'm like, oh.
0: Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but the point being is... This is a really important step for people yeah. to realize that. And I, I the reason Susan B. Anthony and Alice Paul, and those two come up a lot, I don't know why. Well, they're,
1: but, they're kind of the first ones people put in history books when they're like,
0: you know what we should do? Introduce a woman. Yeah. And <laughs> so what's hard about them is they are, their inclusion as sort of like the token woman mm. is classic, Compensatory history So uh, The I think all of this is to say Compensatory history Is really important for people Because when you're Think of it like Being disillusioned Right You're in this world Where all things history Are male And you're like Oh my god There was this woman Susan B. Anthony Who was arrested Yeah it's
1: the break your brain moment
0: Yeah like Brain broken (laughs) And so even though It's like It's I I kind of giggle When I get those I also know that That's like a really important step In the like Journey If you will Find some
1: kindness That's great Free, who else are you interested in learning about? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. No, and I also think like exploring those women yeah. with depth, right? Like, like is, go in, go, go in, in, learn about them because each There's of a lot. them, I mean, their <laughs> their service to the cause of women is decades long. So it's not just like the one thing yeah. in her like two paragraph bio. Very impactful. It's like. Read about those women. They're they're incredible. So phase two is compensatory history, and think of it like you know a lot of like early history was like big man history, right? So like learn about Alexander the Great and you know Genghis Khan and right like those big guys. And so compensatory history is essentially doing the same thing. Like who are the greats among women, right? And like what does that look like? So So phase two. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you get in like the Queen Victorias and the Catherine the Greats, and I'm feeling pretty good. Okay, phase one, phase two, we got this. Boom, boom. All right, phase three. So phase three is called bifocal or contribution history. So if you're like sideline people no so not main character, this is sport character. starting to be sp- so bifocal meaning like you're seeing two things at the same time so you you know walk into a museum and they have like a wall dedicated to women in this time period oh, all right, and so all right. those women are integrated into the narrative so like for example um Uh, I went to the Museum of um, the American Revolution in Philadelphia and they had, you know, a whole thing dedicated Mm -hmm. to women, but like, it's just kind of weird to like segregate the women from the experiences of men because like, like Abigail Adams is writing letters to, to John. (laughs) to a man you know like must connect dot (laughs) these two things should be together right yeah she wasn't just writing to air right so by focal history like even though it's kind of funny it, it is a really important step because this one is is there are parts of women's lives that are really different from men's lives and as much as susan b anthony and alice paul entered the male world of politics, you know, Catherine the great and queen Victoria and all these, like all these great <laughs> women like entered the world of politics. Um, and and kind of like the male sphere for lack of a better yeah. term, there are things going on in the women's sphere of things that don't include men that are also kind of important to that history. And so in this space, people will talk about like women's work whatever that looks like. And I think one of the fallacies about women's history is that women's work was distinctly different from men's work. And <laughs> I, I kind of giggle about it because like, I, I would hope that teachers actually like really look into that because what women's work looked like really varied from class to class. Like if you're an elite yeah. woman in most time periods, like, you're not working, and you're doing... More. Well, you're doing social work. You're doing social working and networking and that sort of thing. And that is work. It is work. It's a different type of work than labor. In the middle classes, there's this whole idea of, like, respectability. And, and we see that still today, like, how middle class people tend to not swear. But, like, upper class and lower class people, it's, like, ingrained in their vocabulary.
1: Interesting.
0: So, that, like... Theme of respectability, and so doing respectable jobs like being a nurse or a secretary or a teacher. Well, back, I
1: mean, depending on what time period, physician.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and I'm, I'm obviously like, for the people who's like an expert on one particular time period or place, like I'm generalizing concepts, sweeping it, sweeping. But you know, actually, when you get into women's work, like giving it some nuance there. But it also could be like looking at themes like childbirth and child rearing Mm. and how how those things impacted women. You know, birth rates and death rates, um, maternal death rates. Yeah. That could be something you get into in um, bifocal history because… It brings in more of the narrative. It brings in more of the narrative and it's really looking at the women's experience and things that men, you know, like men might be devastated by the loss of their mother or spouse, in childbirth but it's really different to like look at you know like even the choice to have children Mm. as a woman or not to have children i think that's where you know where you can get it like really getting into what is really going on for women that's distinctly different from From them yeah um so okay so that's phase three that's phase three bifocal history so looking at men's stuff and women's stuff kind of in these like separate, you know, it'd be lenses. Yeah. Separate lenses. So if you're a history teacher and I I do think it's really important, you know, Trout's theory, the idea is like, you need to kind of go through all these phases. You can't just jump to the end because it needs to go in order. It needs to go in order. I I can see it
1: builds like as a, as a teacher, it's like, okay, I'm going to introduce this. I'm going to now introduce this. And you're kind of expanding the, the, understanding Mm -hmm. and so each each introduction it's like and we're expanding let's keep going so you're building out the lens
0: yeah i love it okay and 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 so i think you know just like taking a moment of pause and like really registering where you are in Mm -hmm. your journey toward like really understanding women's history um and not just women's history like history broadly right because we talk about how a history without women is not really history it's half the story right so if if you're you're somewhere on this journey between an entirely male-centric history and, you know, the end goal. So there's two more phases here. Let's get to that end goal. It might surprise people to learn that the fourth phase, not the last phase, but the fourth phase is called feminist history. And so I think that should give us an insight into the idea that the end goal is not Women domination. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, that's not the goal. So, we'll get to what the goal is in just a moment. But the fourth phase is feminist history. And this is where the Eckert test fits really perfectly. Cool. But the, the key idea here is you can't really do the Eckert test until you know the other stuff. Right? Okay. So... Um, and I, I think that is kind of – I think there's a lot of people who listen to our TED Talk and listen to what yep. the Ecker test is, and they're very intimidated by it. It's hard. You're asking people – you're challenging people to well, do Well, and it. I'm also challenging them to jump to the fourth phase. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like right away. Yeah. And and maybe that's not – like. Well, I,
1: this was built in 1986. We are in 2023. Uh, we're here. We're here. Let's time to move
0: the, na- the needle. Well, and to that point, like Barbara, who's the chair of our board of directors, she always goes, "I can't believe we still have to
1: talk about this." Oh <laughs> my stuff. gosh! I think you my know. mom says it to me all the time. She's like, "We're still fighting the same battle. I'm tired." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "The baton has
0: been passed twice yeah. now. Can we keep going?" But I also think part of the fatigue that women of that generation feel. Mm. Is because if I think if people knew Tetro's theory, they would understand. Like, oh, it's not just like cool. I talked about Susan B. Anthony one time in my class. Like, check, check, women's history done. It's like, oh no, 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 honey, that's phase two. Like that's compensatory history. Yeah, y- keep going, keep going. There's more there. So. Phase four feminist history is really looking at the diversity of female experiences. So multiple, multiple women's lenses in the same time
1: frame. Yeah. You have the best example for this. When we did the Eckert test um, for our TED talk. Yeah. Do you want to introduce those? At all? Well, yeah.
0: So, I mean, there's a there's so many, right? But just thinking about like if you take an Alice Paul and you say, okay, so Alice Paul, like, and I think this is the phase four is where you really interrogate compensatory history. Yeah, right? you're like, is this true? Yeah,
1: can can or should we bring in more lenses? Mm-hmm. Do we need more experiences? Yeah, and then you bring in Alice
0: Paul. Yeah, so you say, like, yeah, let's take Alice Paul for example. You know, she's this. um radical. And I think one of the things that's funny about compensatory history is that it's often very radical women get well, into history class, right? Well, if they're not loud. No one writes it down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you take someone like Alice Paul and you say, okay, cool. Like she's significant, important. Then you take what you learned in your bifocal research that like, oh, okay. So most women were doing this and this is the type of work that women were doing and dah, da da. And then you look for women who are not doing that. Right. And, the, and challenging that. And so, you know, I take I think taking someone like an Alice Paul and contrasting her with an anti-suffragist yep. um, and finding anti-suffragists from multiple class classes too. Yep like there are elite women who are anti-suffrage because hell, the patriarchy is working for them. So like, why would they be against it? Um, Right? Like, that's great. Well, Uh, they play, they game the system. No, 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 I'm at the top. Leave it alone. Leave me alone. I, (laughs) Literally have servants and everyone to do everything for me, and I, and have I to sleep travel, in. and yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, like, and I, and I don't have to see my children.
0: But then there's also women like who are anti suffrage, and they're coming from the bottom rungs because they're like, "What do I? What the shit do I care about a vote? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm trying can, to eat. I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to work. I'm trying not to burn in a factory fire. Like, yeah. you know, like these. I are don't things have I time for
1: your bullshit. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, 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 right. So I think so. Sort of looking at at those sort of things, um, but then I. You know, like, so you can class it. I think that's a really helpful thing. You can look at even suffragists who are alongside Alice Paul from various classes. Well, and you can globalize it, too. You Mm -hmm. can look at
1: Alice Paul in her time period. Then you go to the UK. You can go... To yeah, contrast
0: her with, like, the Pankhursts from yep, the same exactly. time period. Um, you know, New Zealand is the first country to give women the right to vote, Australia. So, like, look at some of those suffragists. Very, who, like, very progressive they're, countries. They're going around the world meeting with people like the Pankhursts. Tell, yeah, telling and, them. And bringing them come on. Come with us. Yeah, join us. So, um, yeah, New Zealand, Australia, like, they deserve a lot of the credit for globalizing suffrage. So, you know, looking looking at that, and then what about like race, right? And especially in the US. So bring in people like Mary Church Terrell, Ma- bring in people like Ida Wells well, Burnett. Tons of indigenous stories as well. Yep. You,
1: you like during this time period of like, we've been suffering for years and no one gives a shit. Why do we care about you
0: now? Right. I mean, indigenous people, Chinese people in America didn't even have the right to, um, to be citizens. Right. So like the vote is, is like even further down the line. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a cool girl from, I want to say she's from San Francisco and she, California, I know she's from California. I think it's San Francisco, but she, um, is a teenager Chinese, you know, immigrant girl and her family or immigrants she was born here and she's like i'm an american give me the right to vote yeah you know so she's a, a really important suffragist she's a teenager like she sees it as a teenager so bring in kids too right Like oh, yeah that sort of narrative i love
1: i love when you can bring in peer perspective to mm-hmm. a teenager like oh this is a 14 year old this is a 14 year old. Could you imagine taking this step at your age, doing this thing? Mm-hmm. It does always, I remember when my teachers would do that, and I'd be like, Well, I've done nothing with my life. Thank
0: you. Mm-hmm. Be over here.
1: But it was always a good perspective of like, you can change things from where you sit.
0: Right. Okay. So that's phase four. Yep. That's phase four. And I mean, that's a lot of like where, where we've been, right? Like, that's what we're talking about in, in our podcast, in our TED talk. Um, a lot of the, things on our podcast and for this phase this is this is from tetro she says what were most women doing in a particular time in history um what new categories could we be adding so like that's where you get into like the race the class the that sort of thing um what kinds of productive work so this would be like paid things that women are contributing to the economy um so you can you can look at that um And then I think, you know, Then this is where she asks some of the stuff that we already mentioned, like, how did the variables of race, ethnicity, social class, even marital status, that's something we haven't talked about, Mm -hmm. like, how prideful women were in being Mrs. John somebody, right? Like, because that was a status symbol. But it also was the goal of their lives, and
1: they had won the game. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the goal is to marry well, marry high, and and take home the gold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like and they did it mm-hmm. and so like in that in those
0: moments they were successful and i think that you know bringing in marital status at this stage too really helps kind of understand these women well, it's, better. Privilege. it's understanding privilege too but also like alice paul susan b anthony like never married yeah like that's interesting and they're like the two most iconic women like talk about know, compensatory our, like, history they're like F the whole system. Yeah, like, you know? I'm not going to be tied to one man. Yeah, and they're <laughs> the one we up. learn about, right? Yeah. And it gets to, you know, um, Thatcher Ulrich's... Um, well-behaved women oh, seldom yeah. make history, right? Like, those two women didn't behave. And yet, alongside them, you've got people like Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who was married and did have a million children and was... <laughs> had a mistr- supportive husband. Yeah, had a supportive, well, sort of husband, right? Yeah. You know, and so I think, like, bringing in that status to look at differences between women and help, I think this stage, this feminist stage, is all about, like, not making women a, a monolithic group. Yeah, singular. Right? One note. Right. And I think we know that about men because men get the chance to be diverse Mm -hmm. in history and we get to learn about a lot of different men perspectives, different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So phase four, phase five. Five.
1: We've so made it is, to the
0: mountaintop. We have made it to the mountaintop. You've learned all these things. You understand the diversity of women. Be so women. proud of yourselves, guys! You are crushing it. But that's not the goal, right? The goal is not to like turn your whole history class into straight up women's history. Yeah, no. because like most of us fell in love, wh- who've dedicated our careers to like teaching history mm-hmm. or like working in a museum or whatever, or writing books, like. Yeah. It's not that we don't love men. Like I fell in love with male history. You know, like I'm oh, yeah. obsessed it got with you in. I'm obsessed with World War II. I'm obsessed with Lincoln. Like I could spend my lifetime writing books about Lincoln. Like he's so awesome. <laughs> That's not the end. Yeah. Right. Like the end is not, okay, so we shift. And in fact, like that feminist history stage still kind of feels bifocal, right? Where you're uh-huh. like talking about women's diversity and and like, but where do men fit back into that bit? And the end goal is a holistic history. So phase so five, bring it all together, is integrated history. And I think that is the part where I'm at in my teaching is trying to figure out how to do that
1: now. I think that's most of our listeners who are educators are like inclusive history. How do I do it, and how, how do I do I, it well, and, and make enough people? You know, because you're you're like okay. If I say here's all the lenses, I want seven lenses. <laughs> I want race, ethnicity, creed, yeah. like all the things, and then for you're like men
0: and women for men and women. You're like
1: forty yeah. five people. I have 15 minutes, yeah. <laughs> you know, you like yeah. break it down and you're like, and
0: I'm overwhelmed immediately and yeah. I'm just going to go back to the book. <laughs> right. And I think, like, I think that's where a lot of people, and, you know, most textbooks are still in bifocal, like the most progressive textbook I can find for world history. It's called Ways of the World. And I say progressive in a, like, they're trying to do this. Yeah. When you did the, um
1: the textbook analysis yeah so a while ago for those who are new to the podcast kelsey did this project with some of her students where they went through and documented several different history textbooks and and how many times women were mentioned yeah and that project was was really (laughs) eye-opening yeah it
0: was like one to four and the rate of men Yeah. yeah i
1: mean you could take that project and run with it and like score textbooks for days but So this is a progressive one in your mind.
0: It's good because every Mm -hmm. single chapter makes an effort at the bifocal level to talk about women and their experiences. So if
1: we take the perspective as history educators that, okay, the history textbook is a bifocal, it starts at the bifocal phase.
0: Yeah. Now
1: I need to build feminist and holistic.
0: Yeah. Right, right. So like if you're using that textbook, okay, so they're saying this is true for women. Like can you find exceptions to that and bring it in so then you can get yourself Mm to feminist what stages and then the trick is like integrating it so we've been talking about suffrage a lot so i think we should stay on that theme and like okay so where does suffrage fit into male history right because it like it is actually really important to the history that we traditionally teach and for people like alice paul i think you need to center her in time and put her alongside other men part of the reason she's so controversial is that she's protesting a president who's at war it's world war one so you can't teach about alice paul without also talking about the patriotism and the feelings that americans had in world war one right like this sense of like these guys are getting guys i mean that literally these sailors are like getting on boats and they're gonna go die in a trench and you have the audacity to stand outside and protest the commander in chief (laughs) right like that's how people thought about her in her time and and it's legit and there were many suffragists who when world war one happened said i'm gonna be rolling bandages like that's, that's that's where I'm that's at. Here I fit. How I fit. This is where I fit. And there's some women's diversity right there. You know, yep. like get into that with them. Um, I also think that you need to center the suffrage protests alongside the labor protests. So there's a lot of men, in particular, but also women, who are protesting the war because it's mostly poor working class men that are suffering who are fighting and dying in these trenches and it's elite men like Woodrow Wilson who are sending them to those trenches and um so putting you know this is a time of the the sedition acts and when you when you put her alongside that, like we've got men who are literally going to prison because they're saying, I don't support this war because it's like anti-working class men. And the solution that Woodrow Wilson and his government come up with is put these people in jail. Like it's like the antithesis of free speech. So then you look at how these guys, these labor activists um, are going to jail under the alien and sedition acts and you now see Alice Paul going to jail, right? For protesting and, you know, she's going to jail on like a trumped up, like blocking traffic is the thing, right? And I think it she makes a lot more sense. The situations that she's in make a lot more sense. And even though the issues they're advocating for are, are really different, it's all happening at the same time. And yeah. so you can't segregate her from the things that are going on with men. You have to put her in with men otherwise it doesn't tell the whole narrative if you leave it out so that makes sense and it doesn't really make sense like why are people so it's not just that they're anti-suffrage right Right. it's that they're anti being against the commander-in-chief in in wartime yeah which is dangerous dangerous very dangerous so this this last stage is holistic. It's yep. all of us together. And you know, we use the term her story to describe what we're talking about with women's yeah. history. And we contrast it with his story, right? Which is what we know. Mm-hmm. That's phase one, male centrism, right? And actually, you know, fem if we take if we think of feminism as the, the fourth stage as her story, the fifth stage is not her story. It's yeah. our story. Yeah. Exactly. All of us. All of us together. And Telling it inclusively. And that includes men. It includes how all these conflicts, you know, are conversations about actually like masculinity and femininity and what that looks like. Yeah,
1: all the dynamics of a lived experience. Yeah. I think it's really, it would be a fun exercise in a classroom to give kids, each one of your students, one of these phases and be like okay we're going to talk about this topic you go do this you go do this you go do, and then bring it all together and it's like this this team presents the feminist view this team does the bifocal this team like what a fun exercise of investigation and curiosity and deepening their understanding and then bringing it all together and teaching each other
0: yeah I I could see that being really neat or even using it as like a criteria to examine sources. Well, Um, I think a
1: lot of our lesson plans that are available
0: have this already done because we use the Eckert
1: test, but I also think you could break any of your current lesson plans and help build those in as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is the these five phases um, are essentially the chapters of my book, is like oh, hey. breaking that down. Um, I expand a little bit on feminist history. Um, I have a couple chapters. Oh, on do that. you? Is that
1: the area you spend a little more time on?
0: A little bit more time, <laughs> casual. Hey. Um, so, you know, that book's not out yet, but when it comes out, that's this awesome. is sort of what we're diving into. And to your point, like how to do it, right? Yeah, like get it in there. What does that look like? Um, and, in you know, action. In action. Yeah. So, Cool. i excited, Kelsey. Mary Kay Tadrault's phase theory. And thank you to her for coming up with such an easy-to-digest approach. <laughs> Not to say. Easy-to-digest. Di- Easy-to. It's edible. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> I took a big bite of that. It sounds good. Mm. All right. Well, thanks, Kelsey. Thanks, Brooke. See you next time. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Remedial Her Story, the other 50%. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts to bring more voices to the conversation. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.